After a devastating injury, Kim Chambers almost lost her leg, but she definitely did not lose her fighting spirit. When she first dipped her toe into the pool as part of her rehab process, little did she know that she was about to embark upon a journey to become one of the greatest open water swimmers in the world. In this podcast, you will hear firsthand Kim's experience swimming solo 30 miles without a wetsuit in 50 degree shark infested waters from the Farallon Islands to the Golden Gate Bridge. Yet what we found even more impressive and inspiring about Kim was her inner journey of learning to push past her fears, dig deep to finish strong, overcome months of paralysis, and walk away from completing a massive challenge when it no longer felt right to continue. We hope you'll enjoy this compelling conversation with the inspiring Kim Chambers. Oh my gosh, here we are, Kim. Thank you so much for being here with us and coming to be one of our very first guests on our Inside Journey podcast. We're so thrilled. Oh, thank you. One of my favorite people on earth. Nine years. And when I was coaching you, you were at the very beginning of everything. You were Mm. at the very beginning of your swims. You were at the beginning of knowing who you were. You were wanting to put your purpose and impact into the world. You were wanting to speak and influence and, and inspire other people, but you were at the very beginning. Oh, 100%. I I guess I was standing at the bottom of a mountain that I yes. knew I wanted to climb. Yes. I didn't have any climbing gear, no climbing experience, <laughs> but it just seemed like the right thing to do. So really let's special. just start. So um, I'm assuming you didn't learn your swimming skills from um, being raised on a sheep farm in New Zealand. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where you are from. I am. I'm, I'm from a, a sheep and cattle property in the middle of the North Island in New Zealand. Ballet was my first love, so um, which seems also a bit strange coming from a farm. But um, so you were a very serious dancer. Yes, yes, for for fifteen years. So how did you end up in the water? I sort of literally fell into swimming. I guess I felt like I was so sure of who I was, and it was really just a slip down the staircase, which is um, still hard to comprehend that that can be the catalyst for so much more in your life. Wow. Sometimes I think when we're thinking we're on the right course, but we're not, maybe we know it deep mm-hmm. down and we're not willing to change. Sometimes something very strong from mm-hmm. the external yeah. world kicks our ass, yeah. excuse my language, yeah, onto your path. Um, I have an exceptionally high pain tolerance, um, I guess, thanks to my years as a ballerina, but I, uh, I also have a, a fair amount of stubbornness and um, I slipped down the staircase, I'd hit my head, I'd hit my right leg, um, I was still determined to get to my meeting. Oh. My leg was swelling and I guess things sort of happen, it's sort of like an out-of-body experience. You're seeing this happen but you're not really wanting to acknowledge it. Mm. And long story short, I my next memory is waking up in a local hospital in San Francisco and I was diagnosed with acute compartment syndrome. So it's from blunt force trauma to a limb. I didn't break any bones, which is incredible. And then um, the pressure just keeps building up. So there's the blood flow, um, oxygen to my limb is restricted. And I was 30 minutes from having my right leg amputated from the knee down. So here I am in a hospital bed <laughs> wow. with my leg, um, you know, up, up in a stretcher. And or they'd already done surgery. They'd already done emergency surgery. And, you know, we, we all have pivotal moments in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, some might not be as recognizable. They might not be as obvious. Um, This sure was. Um, And I was given a 1% chance of walking unassisted again. Wow. And and those words sting to this day because it felt like such a sentence. Oh, it's hard to fathom. And your whole identity, you were a dancer, you were physical, you were strong. I'd never even sprained my ankle. And here I was completely 
immobilized. And for whatever reason, though, as soon, literally as soon as those words left, you know, the surgeon's mouth, it was like, I wasn't going to accept that. Mm. Didn't want to be anything other than who I thought I was at the time. Mm. Um, And so I was just determined to find my way out of it. I think I struggled with the fact that it was a fall down a staircase. It wasn't some right crazy amazing story right. you know yeah um it was pretty banal really um and yet it, and yet it was <clears throat> life-changing yes and i just felt physically and mentally stuck and so i just thought well i, I just felt drawn to the water huh. um and so i started swimming in a pool in san francisco and uh i remember being so horrified and afraid of people looking at my scars because mm-hmm. at that point my skin graft which is eight inches by six inches on my thigh was an angry red and it took many years to heal I was most afraid of people judging me by that. Mm. Um, and then when I got in the water, I realized nobody was looking at my scars. Mm-hmm. And although I didn't move across the water as elegantly as other people or efficiently, mm-hmm. I was still, I was a swimmer now. Uh-huh. I was in a pool. And New identity. Exactly. Oh, Once I got in that water, I just, I literally just felt all sort of the fibers of my body sort of come alive and so that was uh that was a whole other spectrum of, of playfulness because I think as as adults we forget to to play we forget yeah. to connect with that child within us which yes. I think is still there that curiosity that willingness to go along with a dare um despite perhaps looking a bit silly totally. or not fulfilling it and so I was dared to swim in the bay oh and um oh. a couple of guys that coached at the pool and I remember I showed up it was November of 2009 so it's you know coming into winter here just wearing a regular swimsuit cap and goggles and they videoed I think they thought I was gonna you know um, chicken out so I'd been chipping away at these swims and I'd found out about this challenge called the ocean seven and these are seven the toughest swims around the world they challenge the swimmer in different ways there's warmer water cold water um, shark inhabited water a jellyfish. There's something for everybody. The one I was most afraid of was the North Channel, from yeah. Northern Ireland to Scotland. For the North Channel, I was so afraid of that cold water mm. that I committed for six months not to take a warm shower after at all. Mother Nature did not make it easy. Uh, I was ready. I was yeah. trained for it. Um, but uh, there was a, a rather large bloom of jellyfish in oh the God. North Channel that year. I got stung in the first hour in the dark. I didn't see it. And the boat captain had said prior that if you're stung in that first hour, the chances of you finishing are pretty slim. Oh, wow. Well, I kept getting stung. Um, oh, my gosh. And it got to the point where I wasn't even really swimming. My team were blowing a whistle and they'd say, Kim, go left, go left. Kim, go right. I would actually oh. try to maneuver my way through these Huge, like trash cans oh, of wow. jellyfish. Because could you see them from your vantage point? Yes, but some of them I couldn't. And um, their tentacles are so long. Oh, yeah. was it so painful? So painful. But then I got oh my god, the pain sort of disappeared because then hypothermia set in. Oh so you were how close gosh. to death? Would you say? I think had I not got medical attention, it would be a whole different. Yeah. I mean, I was having severe difficulty breathing. So what do you think? Oh my gosh. I mean, this, this is the most extreme of this extremes. Yeah. Like yeah. they're very. For everyone out there listening, there's very few Kim Chambers out there in terms of (laughs) determination to finish and willpower. Like, what do you love about that part of yourself that you said even stubborn, focused, committed, Mm -hmm. and is there a shadow side to it? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, It served me well um, to allow myself to achieve things that I wanted to achieve. I mean, I'm goal-oriented. I can't 
can't shake that part of me and I, and I love the, the sense of accomplishment. So these swims, you don't get a gold medal, you don't get a gold prize, you don't stand on a podium. There are these little treasures for yourself yes. and you stretch and grow and you're like, well, if I did, if I swam from there to there, maybe I can swim from there to there and mm-hmm. there to there. Mm-hmm. I have to say the stubbornness and the willpower, there, the shadow side is knowing when to give up, mm-hmm. knowing when to walk away. After having a near-death experience where you just swim through all of these jellyfish. Yeah. I would think at that point, maybe you'd say, okay, you know, like I've done it. Mm -hmm. I completed it. Yeah, done. But then you went on, this was before the The Farallon Farallon swim. Yeah. So how did you, what, what was like your mental, you know, process for making the decision to then do that? Well, then that's a great question because a lot of people thought my swimming days were over. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't know if I could if I could do those swims again. I certainly wouldn't have risked jellyfish um, exposure again. But there was one swim that I had always felt like I'd wanted to do. You know, around 2011, I um, you know sort of doing these relay swims, getting wonderful experience of being out on the high seas. And uh, I was part of a team called Night Train Swimmers, and we do swims around the world for charity. And, we were attempting to be the first relay swim to swim to the Farallon Islands. So, to the okay. Farallon mm-hmm. Golden Gate Bridge. We're talking San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. Yes. How many miles out to the Farallon 30 Islands? Miles. 30 miles. 30 miles. And this yeah. is the place that where 40% of the shark attacks in the Great world take place. Yeah. Great white yeah. sharks. Yeah. And then wow. just about two miles west of that is the continental shelf. So okay. it's teeming with marine life. I call it sort of the California Galapagos Islands. Oh, wow. And, um, but it's not without its risk. Uh, Vito Biala, who... Um, was the president of Night Train Swimmers when I was swimming, and he was one of my mentors along the way, and he described the Farallons as talking to the devil and being in heaven at the same time. Mm. Oh, wow. And it's a very eerie, you know, it's sort of these jagged outcropping of rocks just in the middle of the Pacific there. Mm. Um, You can only see it on the clearest of days here as I was driving over the Golden Gate Bridge to get here today. I could see them. You could? Yeah. So I just sort of fell in love with those islands and I felt accepted and um, I wanted to see if I could do that swim solo. Mm. Um, wow. And it wasn't to for a record or... So this was a different motivation. The Farallons mm. wasn't as, would you say, as ego-driven as the other swims? It was for me. It made the swim public. Yeah, you did the documentary film on it. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. But I wanted to make these swims more than about myself mm-hmm. through giving back and I firmly believe in giving back and... So I made it public because I wanted to raise money um, for for this organization. Uh, was that but, scary for you, though, to make it public? Because yeah, yeah you're yeah. really yeah. outing yourself. Yeah. But it was sort of tinged with the self-doubt of um, how embarrassing would it be, I thought, if I get to those islands because it's about a two-and-a-half-hour boat ride out there mm-hmm. and I can't get in the water. And like, you can't get in the yeah, water. That's like, what am I going to tell people? That was the huge yeah. Like, what am I going to tell the news people? Right. Were you terrified in your head or were you trying to just stay like, What was going on in your mind? She's like, I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah, You're right? in. Yeah. The, 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 this it. is, it's game time. Yeah, yes. this is, we're in it. It was an incredible experience. I, I still have a hard time connecting with that achievement. But, you know, and then that swim is sort of in two parts. You swim through the night and then, um, then there's daybreak and you're like, Oh, I got through that. Yes. Check. Okay, now let's deal with the daytime. And then I could see the Golden Gate Bridge as I got closer. It's amazing how powerful the mind the mindset is. But if you tell yourself you can't do it, you can't. Kim continued to swim for 17 hours and 12 minutes to the Golden Gate Bridge, becoming the first woman to complete this treacherous challenge. 
but her accomplishments would not end there. The adrenaline that fueled her swims continued to push her towards a new goal, climbing the toughest summits in the world. I'd switch gears, so I thought, well, let's climb the seven summits. Oh, um, my why not? Right. <laughs> were you just like looking? Were you, were you just like looking for the next challenge after that? Well, or? I love the focus that these ultra events, yeah. you know, they sort of enforce upon you. Mm-hmm. And I always like structure, and I'm very routine. Mm-hmm. And um, I was scared for every single one of those swims. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I was cavalier and like, oh, this is you still felt the fear so strong. Oh, and that's why I did it. But you kind of, yeah, you were drawn to it. Yeah, I was drawn to that fear. And so with mountaineering, I was like, well, I'm terrified of heights, so <gasps> why not? Let's Here's try this. Swim. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I read somewhere that you had said, if you're not fearful, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Yes. Yes. So is that, that's your philosophy? It's a feeling of aliveness. Do you like all kinds mm-hmm. of fear? Because it sounds like you have an affinity for physical challenge mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. fear that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Is there other types of fear like speaking or mm-hmm. um, difficult conversations or <laughs> yeah. difficult conversations yeah. that you're like, no, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'll say yes to the seven yes. summits. Right. Yes. Like, yes. Well, I'm, I'm learning as I'm getting older that they're having those, those boundaries of saying, like not having to please everybody, I guess. To that own self be true. I always say fear is a good alarm system that you're you're growing and stretching because yes. you don't hear your fear unless you're taking a risk. As Kim was about to complete climbing Denali, the highest mountain peak in North America, she encountered her summer of paralysis, where she became paralyzed from the jellyfish stings she had suffered from years before in the challenging swim across the North Channel. It not only affected her respiratory system, but caused her to be in a wheelchair and she had to learn how to walk again. So on May the 6th, 2018, I woke up with my right foot feeling numb. And I thought, oh, I've just slipped on it funny. And, you know, just sort of tapping it on the ground, just trying to, it's going to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, my calf muscle was feeling desensitized. It was feeling numb. They rushed me up to the ICU. There were five neurologists that were... um, on my case, with a with a rapid onset of uh, uh, which was paralysis, I be, was paralyzed from the waist down, completely paralyzed. Oh my goodness! So what's and now so- when you when you did your leg, you're like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna prove them wrong. This is right. not my destiny. You start to get paralyzed. What was now? What was now the 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 thought or the goal? I was um, supposed to climb Denali that summer. Oh wow! I Alaska. was booked and ready and prepared, and I I do I have to laugh now. I was, they the doctors were dealing with sort of a hard case of denial from me and um i i do remember i can laugh about it now sort of saying no I, yeah no i'm I'm not canceling that trip i'm, I'm doing now right. next month and they're like you You're can't even get out of bed yeah 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 and so that i guess that sort of i gradually let go of the fact that possibly wouldn't you know don't think i'll be on a mountain anytime soon right well i've learned to walk again once in my life as yeah. an adult yeah. i'm going to make it a second time and I applied all my discipline to physical therapy and, again, another sort of tough road, but I I really owned it this time. So is that when you walked away from the seven climbs? That's when you said, this is it? Yeah. And that's so on you. Like, I, yeah. I, when I think away. about your yes. identity up to this yeah. point, and mm-hmm. you said a defining moment, third defining moment in my life was actually walking away. Yeah, yeah because I, um, I've come to know and believe that there is more bravery in walking away from something that you know you could do. Mm-hmm. I was prepared. I, 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 you know, I was conquering my fear of heights. The last mountain I'd climbed was Aconcagua, the highest in South America, which is 23,000 feet. 
but really uh, sort of the universe was telling me, you know, really take stock of what you have. Mm. Isn't this enough? Um, and there are so many other dimensions to me as a person. What advice, knowing who you are now, would you give to the Kim back in 2011 when I was first working with you? Knowing all that you know now, what would you say to her? You can even remember where she was at. Just keep going and keep doing the things that nourish you, that feed your passion. Because that's what I was really doing along the way. I was learning who I was. I was enjoying learning who I was and seeing what I could achieve. And I just wanted to do more of it. Mm-hmm. So... I would just trust yourself. Like yeah. if you're enjoying this, you can weather so many storms Yes, and, and trials and tribulations to reach that peak. I just didn't know what that road would look like, what that path up that mountain would look like. I didn't know what the vista would look like. Right. It sounds so cliche, but one foot in front of the other is so true. Mm-hmm. And to distill it down to that one foot in front of the other, don't look out and say, okay, wow. The mountain is still really big and it's still a long way to climb. It's just before you know it, you'll be like me, nine years on, having achieved the things that I sort of only dreamed about. Do you have any ideas of what would you want to say yes to moving forward as a woman in your life? I mean, you're still very young. Yeah. You still have a lot of life ahead of you. Do Mm -hmm. you have other things that you're ready to say yes to? I think I'm going to let them just reveal themselves to to me organically. I'm sort of, I have a sense of trust. Trust and peacefulness. Mm. In my can, life. Yeah, so, I don't yeah. think people trust it. I think it's too vulnerable. It doesn't feel solid enough. Mm. Yes, yes. And yes. that's that's exactly that's yeah. why you know they they go by the external check marks, which we all have done. Yes, mm-hmm. get into a good university. Once, yes. yes. Oh, once you get into a good university, then you can get a good job, and then you can get married, and then yes. you get all these things. And when you run all out, all going to follow sequentially. But the inside journey is also having this real sense of. That's the external box, but that's not feeling right right now. Right. I've got to follow this other thing. Yes. And having the courage to say no to this thing that like, yes, it may give me all the external success, mm-hmm. but it's not aligned with what has heart and meaning right now. Mm-hmm. Or yes to something that's totally scary and new and different, but mm-hmm. is exciting to me. Yeah. We only get one life. And I know that sounds so cliche, yeah. but why not give yourself permission to... Try as many things as you want. Yeah, and stop yeah. making deals with the devil. You know how many people say, five more years of this miserable job. I hate yes. it so much, but if I can make this much money, then yeah. I'll do the thing I yeah. want. Never works out that no. way. Because it's not guaranteed. Tomorrow and and five guaranteed. more years into a terrible job, you might be even more handcuffed to that job. Yeah. yeah. Or relationship or... Yeah, don't make a linear timeline mm-hmm. with your life. Don't make deals with the devil. If something is really calling to mm-hmm. you or something's not working, pay attention right this second and start making mm-hmm. changes. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yes. And to your point, you know, because I, I do remember that sort of feeling of like, well, you know, I've, I've just got to stay where I am and, you know, this is, this is, this is safe. But I look back on my journey as a public speaker. I was doing it on the side. Um, and, I mean, right back down to just having little note cards. I mean, being so meek and so yes. nervous. Yes. <clears throat> but I pursued that in parallel with everything else that was going on in my life. And because I had passion for that, I kept growing. You said that your middle name is Faith, which yes. is also on your necklace. Yes. And in the documentary, you talked about, like, the the day of the the Farallon swim, mm-hmm. that you just had to sort of surrender mm-hmm. to fate. Yes. Are you a religious person, a spiritual person? What What is turning it over to fate mean to you? Right now in my life, I would say it's more spiritual mm-hmm. and more 
guided by my sense of spirituality, mm-hmm. my intuition. Mm-hmm. Your intuition is yes. your spirituality. That's, that's yes. My, yes. yes, your yes. intuition <clears throat> is it. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it. And and that and again, to thy own self be true. Yeah, it doesn't mean there isn't a place for religion. There isn't a place for uh, you know a broader sense of spirituality. But I definitely am paying more attention to now that I've discovered it. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, intuition. Yes. Does that does that nourish me? Does that fulfill me? It's not from a selfish standpoint. Yeah. But it's does it make me feel good? Mm-hmm. Is that a nice person? Mm-hmm. Do I want to spend more time with that person? Because that guides that, you. I know. And it like, sounds so simple. Right. But it's so hard yeah. to tune in. So yes. I think the more you, it sounds too good to the be more true. you interact right. with your intuition, you talk to it, you honor mm-hmm. it, you meditate with it, you pull cards with it, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. The more it spruces up and the more it speaks to you. Mm. Yes. If you brush your intuition under the rug enough times, it'll mm. still be there. It just won't speak as much. Yeah. Uh, but if you treat it like the it. most precious, beautiful mm-hmm. child inside of you, the gift, mm-hmm. it will blossom up and say mm-hmm. she's listening mm-hmm. and it will speak to you all the time. Yes. When you're writing, you're writing your book right now. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's a channel for your intuition? Do you find that that you, you channel something bigger when you're writing? Does that? Yeah. I think it's just... Um, Another space for me to grow because yeah. I've never written a book before. I am so excited <laughs> for this. I'm not a writer. See, everybody, we don't come into the world thinking that this is what we do. This is what we do. Yeah. It is. It surprises you. This has been a real treat for me because it, just reflecting on this uh, and and you, Johanna, knowing who I was, mm-hmm. um, whatever that person, whoever that person was nine years ago, and seeing a, a metamorphosis. Oh my God. Amazing. And we're all entitled to that. I'm not mm. special. Mm. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. But we are willing and open to say yes mm-hmm. to the opportunities when they come our way. Yeah. yeah. That is what I can say yeah. of all three yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. We don't shy away. No. Mm-hmm. We say yes. 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 And it's pretty incredible. Nothing like proving naysayers wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You think I can't walk again? Mm. Yeah, Just you, you wait. Yeah. Oh, that's the ultimate. All right, my love. The ultimate. That's all for now. If you are inspired by this podcast, hop on over to InsideJourney.com for more episodes and to learn about our work with leaders and teams. And make sure to subscribe to InsideJourney.com so you never miss an episode. As Brene Brown wisely said, when we deny our stories, they define us. When we own our stories, we get to write a brave new ending. We couldn't agree more. Own your story. Love your story. Share your story. You never know who it can inspire. Thanks for tuning in. Can't wait for more juicy conversations with you next month.